the Bears Nation podcast, powered by OnTap Sports Network. Football. You like to play football? Football, of course. It's a football game. Can we watch, Daddy? Bears Nation. It's training camp. I think we're in a good spot right now. You know, the Chicago Bear way is to run the football, stop the run. The biggest thing we need to do is be more consistent. I got this report from Chicago. If you're at training camp, you see the chemistry him and Justin have built. You got to be excited for what the season is going to look like. I'd like one ticket to Chicago. Chicago! When does it happen? It's the Bears Nation podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jay Kassan. Fit right into the hits principle. They're talented. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right. Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, August 23rd. We are entering the final week of the preseason, and we actually have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot of roster stuff, a lot of injury stuff, unfortunately, and uh, maybe a little of a backup quarterback controversy to talk about. But we'll get into all that. We'll talk about what we saw in the Bears preseason game week two against the Colts. Talk about what we expect to see week three against the Buffalo Bears. Bills, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, then we'll talk about some roster stuff, some injury stuff, and what we uh, are hoping happens between now and the regular scene as, as well. This is Bears Nation Podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, with you as always with an injured Kevin Lapka, playing hurt, not injured, or maybe injured, not hurt, or both. I don't know how that's supposed to go, but a uh, little bit of little bit of injury concern with Kevin Lafka as well. But this is, as always, brought to you by ONTAP Sports, not as well. Go to ONTAP for all things Chicago sports, all your Chicago sports needs. So, Kevin, what happened, buddy? I like Tevin Jenkins. I'm questionable for, for week <laughs> one here. Uh, I was playing basketball, got a dirty foul, an elbow to the face, a, little, a couple of stitches, little fracture, displacement fracture, uh, but we play through. This is my flu game. I'm here. Never uh, stop putting out content, but this doesn't, I'm not going to lie, this isn't great. Like, if you're watching here on YouTube or Twitch, you can see this big-ass Band-Aid. My nose looks like it's eight inches to the left of my, the center of my head. It's uh, <laughs> it's bad news out here, um, but the good thing is, like, 94% of our People who consume this podcast do it through audio. So, yeah. like they say, Jake, faces for radio, man. Faces <laughs> for radio. And especially applies to you right now. Yes. All right. Um, you did mention it. Um, let's talk about some of the injuries that have cropped up for the Bears first. Uh, Tevin Jenkins suffers a leg injury that comes out on Monday. And now his status for week one of the regular season is up in the air, which is, I think, 18 days away uh, from today. Tevin Jenkins, who was supposed to be your starting left guard and who was one of your best, better offensive linemen last season. Now he's questionable. Now Cody Whitehair sustains an injury to his snapping hand. So now he has to move to guard to fill Tevin Jenkins' spot. Lucas Patrick now playing center. And now Darnell Wright, your rookie right tackle, was the 10th overall pick, crops up on the injury report with an ankle injury. And for a unit, Kevin, that we talked about was very important to the Bears' success this year and a unit that you – applied some resources to as far as money and draft capital to try and get this thing right so you could protect Justin Fields and give him the best possible scenario to succeed coming into the season, a critical year for evaluating him. It's not great when three-fifths of your starting offensive line is now in the injured report and you're not sure how you're starting left guard if he's going to be ready for week one. 
Look, this is dominating the headlines uh, within the Chicago Bears beat right now, and it should Rightfully be. Rightfully so. I yeah. mean, it should be. This is this is really really bad, and you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the Darno Wright rolled ankle. You know, guys get rolled up all the time and ankle sure. injury. Typically, uh, will not when you're 18 days away from playing time, it's not going to preclude him, preclude him from playing. He will play week one. I'm not worried about that. But you're more concerned about Tevin Jenkins. This is your guy who a year ago at this time was on the block, was was supposedly on yep. the trading block. You were gonna, you were concerned about the exact same things a year ago that you are concerned about now. He has all the talent in the world. He can be a Pro Bowl type talent. Can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? That question alone drove those rumors a year ago and here we are a year later asking ourselves the same question and no they're not going to trade him hell I don't think anyone would trade for him uh, because of this at this point but I mean if he misses two three games like what I mean what are you getting out of him and two calf strains like on both legs, how how does that happen? And and you and I was talking uh, about this with a buddy last night when I was playing Madden, and we talked about how you know something like that where you come into camp and you immediately not immediately you get a couple weeks, then you get two calf strains. It, it screams to me like maybe Tevin Jenkins did not take the proper training precautions throughout the offseason before he reported to the team, all, all these different things. I mean, this is a younger player in the league who's consistently been injured. Maybe he's just prone to in- injury, but there's ways to prevent that. There's ways to approach camp to prevent yourself from getting a calf strain on both legs. It doesn't seem possible, but it's a problem, man. And you feel comfortable in Jatir Carter to, to step in there and be serviceable, but this was supposed to be an offensive line as constructed that wasn't even supposed to be top 10. We yeah. knew that this offensive line wasn't going to be phenomenal, but we thought that, hey, it's an upgrade. It's enough of an upgrade from the year before that you shouldn't have to make an excuse if Justin Fields struggles. And that's where I get worried now is if Justin Fields struggles in the first couple games of the season, do we have the same conversations again of, well, you know, he's got the weapons now, but the offensive line isn't good enough for him to to protect him and for them to be a serviceable offense. Like, I don't want to have those conversations again, but I feel like we're getting towards a point where if things don't go the way we expected the first three weeks, you can almost make that excuse because this is ridiculous. I mean, this is week four, five of training camp. You're two yeah. weeks away from the season and you're reshuffling the offensive line. What have we talked about every single time on this podcast? Continuity, continuity. Can we have the same offensive line as we did at the start of training camp for week one? No, we can't. It's never going to happen. It's so damn frustrating. And they're going to have to sign somebody. I'm sorry. If you're under the yeah. assumption that Tevin Jenkins is not going to be there for the first couple of weeks, I'm not going to say they're going to cut him, but I'm sorry. He's Sign somebody. Do what you did last year. Riley Reef, Michael Schofield, that situation. I got to look who's available, but... I mean, this is this. It, it, it's really frustrating, man, and it's not. It's not good for you know week one against Green Bay. Yeah, uh, I want to address a couple things that you said. First of all, if Tevin Jenkins was out of shape or didn't take his offseason program seriously, I think we would have heard about it before now. Like I, like you said, it's week four or five of training camp of you know the offseason program, let's call it, or the preseason program, whatever. And I think if Tevin Jenkins who you had high expectations for this year, if he had shown up out of shape or if he'd shown up, you know, and, and Matty Refluce or Ryan Poles or whoever thought that he didn't take the offseason program seriously, like you said, I think we would have heard about it before now. I think that would have been a opening of training camp thing or even a mini camp thing that we would have heard about. I think this just unfortunately might be a thing with Tevin Jenkins where 
he just might not be able to stay healthy, which is unfortunate, but that's just the reality of the situation with some players in the NFL. I agree. I don't think they're going to cut him just because I know we've talked about before on the show that this new regime doesn't have ties to, you know, previous draft classes. And Tevin Jenkins is from, you know, the older regime's draft class. But he showed enough upside, I think, last year and even so far in camp and preseason where you know he can be a really solid starter for you and be a really anchor, I mean, really, on the offensive line. So I don't think they'd cut him just because for that alone, just because there is a lot of upside with Tevin Jenkins, and he's still on a rookie contract. You're not really paying him anything. So for that alone, I think his spot on the roster is safe. But I agree, they do need to sign someone, especially because now – Wright is also has this ankle situation, which, like you said, it might just be a roll up and you move on. But also, Cody Whitehair has an injury to his hand. Lucas Patrick has had issues with injuries over the last year or so. Nate Davis just started being ramped up for practice and for game action. So you have a lot of things that are up in the air across the whole offensive line. Once again, it seems like Braxton Jones is the only one who has no question marks whatsoever. So I agree. I think they do need to sign somebody. We'll see how this progresses and what it looks like for week one as far as going forward is. But I mean, Jatir Carter, Doug Kramer, Get ready, because your numbers can called a lot over the next week, at, at the very least, if not more. I mean, you hope Doug Kramer's number doesn't get called just because that would mean Lucas Patrick goes down. But you assume, I, I think it was either Matty Rufus or Ryan Pohl said that he's going to get some work, too, that, just uh, over like, the next week in practice or in, and sure. in this upcoming game. See what you game. have in him. Okay, that's true. You know, I said weeks ago, didn't I? I think I texted you this, and for those who have been listening, you know, since the beginning of training camp, you know, I'm Scott, Shane, you guys who are always in here. I'm pretty sure I said at some point, like, I expect to see Lucas Patrick out there at center, but I you thought did. that would be because Cody Whitehair would go down because he's older and he's more likely to get injured. And I'm not, like, that's the least of my concerns, honestly. Like, I, sure. I, I, I honestly am a big believer in Lucas Patrick. I think he was great as a center in Green Bay. Or not great, but he was good enough. He was yeah. fine. I mean, we saw those guys twice a year, and Lucas Patrick held up fine. He was never a liability, and I know that's average a couple years worst. later. Yeah, average at best. Like, as a fill-in in this situation, that's the least of my concerns. It, the, the the concern just you know comes back to moving Cody Whitehair back to left guard after he had just spent all summer at center and I know that he's played it before and I know that he's comfortable but you know he had to just retrain his whole brain to play a different position expecting to play that for 17 games this season and sure in the back of his mind he knew that maybe this is a possibility and he would always you know be flexed back to guard if uh, if the situation arose and it did but you know you practice and if you're Justin Fields you you learn to you know how the snap is is coming your way how how exactly you want it, the timing, you know? Down. Yeah, exactly. And now just two weeks before the season, it all changes. And sure, he had reps with Lucas Patrick last year, in-game reps. That Patriots game, Lucas Patrick was the center, and that was one of their best games uh, of the season offensively, which is partially why I'm not that um, you know concerned about him playing that position. But I just I don't trust Cody Whitehair at guard. I didn't really honestly trust him that much at center in the first place. But it's just the whole reshuffling, you know, this whole idea of sliding guys in and out, and then with them saying, well, Doug Kramer is going to get reps, that means then first-team reps in practice are going to be shuffled. You're not going to have the same unit out on the field from now until the start of the season, and that's and that's just frustrating, and that is exactly why I think these guys need to play a full quarter in preseason game three. Yep. I mean, you, you cannot go in blind, essentially, to week one with this brand-new offensive line that hasn't, you know, 
this wasn't even an offensive line that was, you know, shaping this way last year, right? Because Jatir Carter was never getting reps. So this is a completely new offensive line that has never played together as a unit. You need to get in-game reps. I at I understand part of if if this had not happened, if Tevin Jenkins was healthy, if Donna Wright was healthy, I'd say no way they should play preseason game three. They're getting enough reps in the joint practices, they're getting enough reps with the first team, all of that is fine. But now that you have this offensive line problem that's a major problem, they got to sort it out in-game action against the Bills, who I would imagine will play their first-team defense at least a little bit. And T3P in the podcast says overreacting a little bit. No, we're not, man. Like, uh, th- this is not overreaction at all. I mean, this is frustrating for Bears fans. Do I believe that the presence of DJ Moore and additional pass catchers on offense – Make it easier for Justin Fields to operate. Yes, and 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 this is the the impact of the O line injuries is limited by guys like DJ Moore who can get open quickly and 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 has a good connection with Justin Fields so he can make quick decisions and has Justin Fields operated in the past with a bad O line and still made you know incredible plays. Yes, but the focus this entire offseason was. Let's develop Justin Fields in the pocket. Let's give him some time. We don't want to have him, you know, running around all over the place and having to, you know, run play action every play and just get him out of the pocket. Like, you want to be able to have an offensive line that can protect your quarterback and make sure he's not getting lit up. Even if he's getting the ball out in 1.5 seconds, you don't want, you know, Rashawn Gary in his – is he even on the Packers anymore? I don't know. You don't want him in his face after 1.5 seconds um, in week one. So – <clears throat> yes, I'm slightly concerned. You're also concerned just because Tevin Jenkins is supposed to be a pro bowler and that's not going to happen this year. But Well, I mean, still could. But <clears throat> I, I agree. I, I think that uh, this reaction for the most part is warranted just because, I mean, you brought it up, Kevin. We've seen in the past what happens when Justin Fields has defenders in his face right away. And it's more of, and, and I brought it up earlier in the podcast, Justin Fields' performance this year is critical to how you evaluate the Bears going forward. Yes, there's a lot of hype around the Bears right now. Yes, there's a lot of people on national media and local media saying, like, oh, this is where the Bears take a jump. And part of that is because you invested in the offensive line. You were you were planning to give Justin Fields a continuity and consistency, like you said earlier. And now that's already thrown in the trash. Like that's already okay. Now we have to piece this together. All right. Now we're kind of scrambling a little bit. And if Justin Fields is going to be under pressure constantly right away again, it doesn't matter who you have at receiver or tight end or whatever you, the weapons around the quarterback. If he has less than a second to make a read or get a throw off, things are going to go pretty poorly. And that's going to reflect poorly. You know, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, that's going to reflect poorly, warranted or not, or fair or not, on Justin Fields. It will. And, and that will then lead to us at the end of the season as a collective saying, all right, well, you probably got to move on from Justin Fields because even though everything went really, yeah. really badly last year, just the timeline doesn't allow for you to wait another year on Justin Fields and trying to find out if he's good. You just got to move on. And that's just not fair to him. That's not great, but that's going to be the reality you're you're living in if Justin Fields can't have a good situation to perform this year. I don't and think it'll be that bad. I don't think it'll be bad enough to where 
you're questioning his future with the team at the end of the year. I mean, you're we just going to, you it, just, but like, no, no, we're not. I mean, I'm not. And, and yes, and, you aren't. But yeah. this year, am I, am I wrong in saying that this year and his performance this year is very critical and very important to how you evaluate Justin Fields' role on the team for the next five years? No, but I, I don't think it's his role on the team. I think it's his ceiling as a player. I mean, th- his ceiling as a player right now, as we see it, is MVP. And this is in this is the year to not maybe not win MVP, but show he's capable of doing that. I mean, he got an MVP right. vote last year, and if he doesn't, if he puts up this, a similar stat line from the year before, then the conversation next year is, well, you know, he can do these things, but he's never going to be the player we thought he would be right. at this moment in time. Even after the and first two years, he can still become that player. And theoretically, if Justin Fields puts up similar numbers to last year, you're probably in a similar draft position. No. And- you're not, you're not first overall pick. You're probably but five you're or six that, wins. But yeah, you're, right, you're, you're in, in that, that one to five range. Right. Like you're still near the top. You're closer to the top of the draft than you are to the bottom. And that's well, scenario. I actually wouldn't even say that because think about how many games they probably win last year in that stretch where they scored like 35 points a game with even a serviceable defense. You know, they, well, that, but I, well, it, that hinges on the de- a lot of that. Uh, this year is okay. You're not sure. Like, can you say with certainty that the defense is going to be serviceable this year? Uh, yes, I, I can. Theoretically. I can. I played you, with them on Madden you, last night, Jake. Oh my God! Okay, again, theoretically, <laughs> yes. The ce- the, it goes back to the conversation about ceilings. The ceiling is that they're serviceable or better, but we have not seen them in regular game action. Tremaine Edmonds just started practicing this week, and Eddie Good. Jackson is still dealing with an injury today and ramping up. So, yeah, theoretically, it's a serviceable or better defense, but we don't know that for sure. So, if Justin Fields is you know, destined to put up the same numbers as last year, you're probably near the top of the draft and you have the Carolina pick that you could package to move up for a quarterback. Possibly that's the conversation that you're going to be having. And yes, now we can say we're overreacting and we're saying, Oh my God, you're going to be yes, top five of the draft because of yes. a couple offensive line injuries. Now we're overreacting, but that is a potential bottom falls out scenario that could happen. Now there haven't been any regular season games that have been played. There have been no regular season snaps that have been taken. So yes, now we're projecting a little bit too far. But the point being that the offensive line was worked on this offseason in order to help Justin Fields hopefully take that leap forward and establish himself as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now that's a little bit more up in the air because you're already on to your backups and reshuffling the offensive line, mm-hmm. which isn't a great spot to be in. That's all I'm saying. I digress. The The point is this. The point is less about... You know, oh, the Bears might be in the same position as last year in draft position and move up for a quarterback. All these. The point is, I believe this is a team that can win the division. I believe this is a team that, if got into the playoffs, could make a little bit of noise. I think this is a uh, an offense that could propel Justin Fields to be a top three MVP candidate, maybe even win the award. Like these are the expectations I've set for the team. This isn't new. I've I've set this from the start. I think that Justin Fields is good enough to win that award. I think he's good enough to make this a top ten, top five offense with the weapons that they have. The sky is the limit for this offense right now in comparison to what we've seen the past five years. And this precludes you from getting to that limit. Does it mean you can still be an above-average offense? Yes, you can still be an above-average offense without Tevin Jenkins and, and trying to write for a couple games. That That's not preventing that. I'm not worried about that. I just have set the expectations so high for this team and for this offense, and we've gotten so excited and ramped up about it that... 
you are expecting them to be as good as they are, and it's hard for them. It's hard for us to expect us to for them to reach those expectations when you are having injuries like this. That's that's the way I see it because I want them to be a top five offense. I want Justin Fields to be an MVP candidate, and this is just going to make it a little bit harder for them to do that. It doesn't mean they can't. We're not sitting here today on August twenty third saying the season's done. The offense isn't going to be the same without these two guys. We could be completely wrong. Maybe Lucas Patrick was always going to be a better center. Maybe Cody Whitehair, you know, was better at guard regardless. And Jatir Carter has really, um, you know, improved. And Nate Davis is totally healthy and he was never an issue, right? Like, maybe all of these things are true and this is a wash. That's also a possibility that we have to raise. But from what we know right now, it's that this is a reshuffle. And it's an offensive line currently constructed that's worth them that's worse than what you expected it to be week one. That's all. That's the way we look at it. And you you just want to be so excited and you want to go into the season with momentum. I think that's the, the biggest thing. You want to go into the season full force, full momentum. We got everybody healthy. You know, the way we felt a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, the way we felt after the Carolina game, after the two touchdowns sure. of you know 50 plus yards. And that's why I think. The Buffalo game is an opportunity to do that. If they play their starters, is that a great defense? Yes. And and could you get in a scenario where you play poorly on offense and then you go into the season with less momentum? Sure. But I do think they, they need those reps. And if they go one drive down the field, march it down, Justin Fields throws a touchdown to Chase Claypool or DJ Moore, yeah, you're walking into the season feeling pretty damn good about you know that game against Green Bay at 325. So um, they got to play week one, or not week one, preseason game three, right? Are you in on that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that was probably the case regardless, just because Matty Rufflew's whole rationale for not playing the starters, or a lot of the starters, namely Justin Fields specifically, of course, but not playing those guys in week two was because of the joint practices that you were having with the Colts and, oh, well, that's just as good and they're seeing the ones and sets da, 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 da. I'll hear the argument for that. You don't have that this week. You're back to practicing with each other. So I would assume you're going to see the starters um, and, and especially now because to your point, you know, you want to see them get some game action together with this offensive line and with the counts and everything. So I think it makes sense. Um, I will hear the argument from Eberflus. Uh, I, I wouldn't completely dismiss the, uh, the chance that he says, well, oh, well, we are, we're happy with what happened in practice this week. That's a possibility. It just, especially because, you know, you can't rule out the threat of in more injuries. In a, in a preseason game right before the season. So I, I would hear the argument for sitting the guys uh, just because you feel like they had a good week of practice. So that makes sense to me as well, which might lead to in week three of the preseason. And we could do this quickly. Tyson Baggin starting in uh, week three of the preseason. You, you're out on this. I'm not and, out on it. And I want to I want to know to the extent that you're out on, on the Tyson Baggett ex- experience. I I'm not out on the experience. I'm in on the experience. Okay. Like that word experience, I am in on. Sure. I am out on this idea of making him QB2. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, we're we're taking callers on the score about, well, if I let him go to waivers, he's going to be the next Tom Brady, man. Like, like, I don't think he's even going to make, I think he'll be QB3. I think I, but do I they keep him on the fifty-three man roster? Do yes. they keep two QBs on the fifty-three man roster to keep PJ Walker and and uh, Justin Fields and put him on the practice squad and elevate him when they need to? That's the more likely scenario. Why use yeah. a roster spot on a guy that's never going to play? Sure. I mean that that's that's the way I see it. But 
it's just this idea of oh, you know, he he he's 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 he's, he's played so well. You know, he he has to be QB two. If you, Jake, I'll ask you this question: If Justin Fields were to go down in preseason game three, God sure. forbid that were to occur, and they made the decision to to cut PJ Walker, how are you more comfortable? With Tyson Badgett walking out on the field against the Packers at 325 on week in week one, or PJ Walker, a guy who's gone four and three in the NFL and had some pretty damn good games for the Panthers, scored 30 plus points last year. Who are you more comfortable with? The guy who just finished playing Division II football or PJ Walker, who's a winning quarterback statistically in the NFL? Probably PJ Walker, but it's not by a big margin. He has looked terrible. He has. In the preseason. He's looked awful. And let's not say, like, let's not pretend that PJ Walker is some world beater. He took a one-year deal with the Bears for a reason. Like, there's a reason he's not like. There's a reason. I'm not say, saying he's. There's a, a reason that the 49ers brought in Sam Darnold over PJ Walker. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that he didn't get an opportunity somewhere <laughs> else. You know, like that's just the reality of it. So, as of this moment, right now, August 23rd, yes, I would rather have PJ Walker, but that's a short leash, like. You know what PJ Walker is. At least with Tyson Baggett, the the argument is there's an unknown upside there. But is now the time to figure that no. out? No, now is not know? the time. I would, <laughs> I, and again, I I would rather give PJ Walker a shot at first because, like you said, he has NFL experience. He has played regular season games. That goes a long way compared to a guy who, like you said, was playing D two football at this time a year ago. But again. A very short leash for PJ Walker. If he plays a half and stinks it up, then then get begging out there because he can't Thursday possibly be any worse. On Saturday, you're saying? No, no, no. Are you like, saying like if they were to be a real game right. scenario? Yes. Okay. Like in a real game scenario where let's say Justin Fields gets injured in the middle of the season and you're going with the, like PJ Walker and Tyson Baggett and Fields is inactive for the game. If Walker goes out there for a quarter or a half and stinks it up completely and, and just looks awful then yeah, go with the kid who has an unknown upside who might be good. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, Sure, I, I I get that. And it's intriguing. It, it's definitely intriguing. Yeah. Like, it, it is very I think, intriguing. I don't think he'll get claimed off waivers, Baggin. Yeah, I, 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 don't I don't think, think so either. That. I don't Nathan think so Peterman, either. Nathan Peterman, see you out there. Best of luck. Baggin's on the practice, practice squad. and But I, I get where people are coming from. P.J. Walker has looked terrible this preseason. Baggin has looked really good and has showcased a lot of potential ability, but I mean, you have to take the guy you have to at least give for you have to. Yes. You have to at least give the guy who has NFL experience and who has won NFL games a chance before you immediately go to this kid. Who's from a, a D two football program. Yeah. And it's not knocking it. Tyson Bajan for being, no, a I, I, I very it, much it, want the bears. And, and if this happened, if for whatever reason, the bears did cut PJ Walker, I'd be fine with that too because I do think that Tyson Baggett has shown and flashed enough upside to warrant giving him that shot. Yeah. It makes sense. either way. I'm fine. I'm I'm not really on either side of the fence here. Yeah, I mean I'm 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 with you on that. I just it's it's intriguing. Like it should be noted. Like this should like it's not it's not all for naught. It's not just a wash. All right. It's it's this is significant enough that this is an undrafted player who is from D2, who in his first year in the league is m- making significant plays, even if it is against second and third stringers. I mean, that 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 is significant enough to warrant conversation on this podcast and on, you know, Chicago sports radio for a majority of the day after the preseason game. Like, that, like, that is warranted. But when you talk about, 
you know, actual actually playing game reps and a team game planning against him. I just I don't I don't think we're there yet. And there's people who think that we've seen enough from him that he's able to handle those situations. In the background, if you have this guy, if Justin Fields, like, also the conversation should never be, and I didn't even want to bring this up, but I think there's a couple people on Bears Facebook out there who are probably, you know, ha- have different motives who think that Bajan should be uh, QB1 or, 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 or compete for that position. But if you have no. Justin Fields here for the next five years and a guy who's going to probably miss a couple games each of those years sure. and you develop Bajan into a guy who can win you games when Justin Fields is out, who has a similar play style. He rushed for a touchdown against the Colts. He's not as athletic as Justin Fields, but he has similar traits. He can throw on the run, right? Then, I mean, that's why they brought in P.J. Walker, same kind kind of play style, same sort of player, right. then you can have this guy developing in the background while Justin which you've Fields never is done ascending, before, which you've never done. Way, that that which, doesn't... which has been something that has been a glaring need for the Bears forever, mm-hmm. for a long time. But think about it. It's hard for a team to do that. Because sure. if Bajant were to next year take a huge leap and start playing really well, then you might see another team pick him up on waivers. Like, it's hard well, to then actually develop. Well, to QB2. Right. Well, yeah, but even then, if you have a, court, a really good backup quarterback, then, I don't know, sometimes a team like the Buccaneers might come around and be like, you know, Buccaneers in this year's situation. Well, let's give Tyson Bajan a chance in our camp, you know, and see right. if he can compete for QB one or something. Right. If he's been, if he's played well, and if he comes in and if he, say he replaced Justin Fields this year for two games in Week fourteen and fifteen and went two and zero and had good stat lines, he's on the radar of those teams in the NFL who are in tank mode who need a quarterback. Well, to, in that to scenario, play. the Bears might cut PJ Walker though. In that scenario, well, if that were to happen after the year, yes. But um, it's just interesting if you can have. Justin Fields and a guy behind him who's similar developing at the same rate, not the same rate, but like at the same time, that's, it's critical, man. It's yeah. critical because if you can stop having this revolving door of one year contracts back quarterback quarterback yeah. situation, Nick Foles, that, that helps Foles. a lot. Like, I mean, yeah, Nick Foles, Brandon Peterman, uh, 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 Andy Dalton, uh, Mark Sanchez for a very brief time, which was very weird. Chase Daniel, like, if you could stop that revolving door, like that, that's a big plus for you. Uh, so I agree with that completely. Uh, all right, I think that's enough on that. that Let's uh, address some of these rumors that have come out over the last couple days, last twenty four hours or so. The Colts have allowed Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade Let's as he is unhappy, and the Bears are, of course. Linked Jonathan Taylor as you need star power in this league, and right now your Q, your RB one is Cleo Herbert, who is fine by the way. Nothing against Cleo Herbert, and you know the Bears have all this cap space, and they're hoping to make a leap this year. And I'm just gonna say right now, I'm out on this. Couldn't be more out. I am so completely far out from this. I am basically at the North Pole, and this is at the South Pole. I want nothing to do with this. I think it is completely ridiculous, and I think the Bears are very wise to stay far away from this situation. So let me ask you, though, why why are you out? Can I can I ask why you're out? Multiple of things. Uh, some people have been you know, comparing this to the CMC situation with the 49ers, and to that I say that Christian McCaffrey was already under contract. The 49ers didn't have to hand him a brand spanking new contract and tie themselves to him uh, for a very long time and, and reset the running back market, which is what the Bears would have to do in this scenario because Jonathan Taylor doesn't want out because the team stinks or because he just likes Chicago so much better than Indianapolis. It's because he wants a new contract and he wants to be paid like the best running back in the league and he wants a crap load of money to play football right now, which fine, go get that bag. No, no <laughs> knock against him. He's a very good running back, but 
Christian McCaffrey wasn't sitting in Carolina saying, I want out. I don't want to be here anymore. The Panthers said, we suck. We need draft capital. Hey, let's take this star running back who we have no use for because, again, we suck and we're a bad team. So let's send him somewhere where he'll be valued and where we could get some assets back. All right, San Francisco's on the phone. Great, he's yours. It's a very different scenario. Jonathan Taylor wants the bag. The Bears, yes, they have all the cap room in the world, but they are not in a position to reshape the running back market. And Khalil Herbert's fine, but... Why are you going to pay Jonathan Taylor when you don't need to and when you're not really a Super Bowl team right now anyway? Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation should be about that and that only, right? Like, Jonathan Taylor on this football team would be exciting. It would make sure. them, I think, a better football team. All the things are true, and everybody knows that, but everyone is also aware of the running back market and how it's not worth it to pay them, and you have three pretty solid running backs on the roster. It makes yep. no sense whatsoever to bring him in, especially for the people who say that, well, because the Bears have two first picks, it makes them the most likely landing spot. The Bears are not using a first-round pick on Jonathan Taylor. Like, let's right. just get that out of the way. And there's legitimate people, legitimate people, and from legitimate you know, sports media organizations who are suggesting that, and that is blasphemous. And the reason that you're seeing all of these things on every website, the top suitors, top landing spots, and the Bears are right at the top of all of them, is only because they can afford him. Right. Not because they will, but because they can. They're the team with the most cast space. They're the team with the most picks. They are the team most financially able to acquire Jonathan Taylor. And that's the only merit behind it. That's right. it. There's no, uh, like, just because they can. There's no indication from the team that they're interested. There's no indication that he would fit in this system. There's no indication that they'd be willing to spend that money and willing to spend draft capital on him. Zero, none, nil. And I think this ultimately ends in Jonathan Taylor staying in Indianapolis, running yeah. crazy for them, getting a similar Saquon Barkley-type contract, and nothing changes. Like, that's the outcome of this. No one's trading for Jonathan Taylor. You know, if he were to be cut, and so then yeah, maybe you sign him if he were to be cut, um, like the Jets did Jalvin Cook. But... He is not going to be traded to the Chicago Bears. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it done with. I'm sick of this conversation. Um, I understand that we as fans do this, and we do this on our podcast a single time. Uh, everything, every single time a player gets cut or is on the trade block, we say, well, Bears, is, is it possible because we're the Bears and because it makes for great content? Um, but I'm out. And, and it, again, Shane McCoy in the chat saying, I know, I know the Colts O-line was bad last year, but Taylor wasn't that good last year. Jonathan Taylor is a very good running back. I he still was think he's hurt a lot he, last he, year. He was hurt a lot. Right now, he's on the pup list. Yeah. Whether that's Jim Irsay playing games or not, but still, like he, he missed a good chunk of time last year after being the most used running back the year before. That's right. And and he can't and so he had a really bad start to the season last year, but he did come back at the end of the year and had a really, really good stretch. Like he's still a very sure. good player. Um, but you're just again. You're you're not doing it. It's not happening. I just I, I want this conversation to end. I know, I honestly expected you to think that I would be all in on this because I've been all in on this for other guys. No, but because so what you're referencing is the Austin Eckler conversation we had a few months ago. That's different because, hey, like I don't know why, but it, like it just is. Like for some reason, like they seem in two different spheres. And I think it's because like Eckler would probably cost you less as far as like trade capital and what you'd have to give up. And he probably costs less than Jonathan Taylor, but is not that much different talent wise. Mm -hmm. And is like a, probably a better receiver oh, yeah. than Jonathan Taylor anyway. So it's like they're different, but like I, I, I 
like Jonathan Taylor is just a running back. Whereas like Austin Eckler is a little bit more well-rounded. I understood why you were on an Austin Eckler. I would have been furious if you were in on Jonathan Taylor. I was a little worried, but not as worried. I mean, like, so so let me also make this clear. Like, I would it's funny because say the Bears were to make a deal for Jonathan Taylor that's reasonable, you give up like a second round pick. I think you nah. still have two of those next year. Like, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there as a hypothetical. Sure. Say you were to sign for like a second round pick and like a re, like a contract similar to what Saquon Saquon got, which is like he was signed a one year contract, but like from a per year basis, like twelve million per year, three year deal, like thirty six million dollars, which is like actually relatively reasonable if he's a top three back in the NFL. Right, right. Like I would come on this podcast and justify it and and tell you every reason why this makes them a better football team. But until that happens, then I'm going to sit here and say, no, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to waste my time thinking about it. But if they were to get him in some facet, it does make you a better football team. It would be exciting. It would probably bring somewhat of a better outlook to the team, although running back doesn't move the needle that much. Um, But you would obviously be excited about it, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. Give it up. Yeah, it's it ain't happening. Uh, all right, let's do a couple minutes on uh, this upcoming the fi- the preseason finale um, for the Bears. It's Bears Bills. I don't. We have no word yet on how this is going to play out as far as starters, as far as who's going to play. But still, some roster spots open for you know to, for the taking. And man, shout out to Terrell Lewis. Man. Like he, he's had an awesome preseason. Uh, the only player with two forced fumbles this preseason, both were strip sacks. He had a, the one against the Colts was awesome. Like he just came like a bat out of hell around the edge and, and took down Sam Ellinger. But I mean, a couple roster spots open. We're not sure how much we'll see the stars. We talked about earlier in the show, how we're hoping to see the bears starting offensive line and Justin Fields for a little bit, just so we could see some of that chemistry and some of that, you know, gelling process for the reshuffled offensive line. But I mean, Kevin, what else are you expecting here in this game? Yeah. I mean, I'm expecting the stars to play at least one or two series. And if they don't, then I'm not really going to pay a lot of attention to this. I mean, there's a lot of bubble guys across the roster, you know, that, you know, you can look at, um, I'm still looking around at wide receiver six and to see what Bayless Jones jr. Does special teams coordinator, Richard Hightower came out and said that he believes Bayless Jones jr. Is one of the best kick returners in the league. And we've talked about this before. It's statistically backed up, but if you're again, if, if he's just a kick returner, then what is his role? Like, is right. that enough what, to keep him right. on the roster over a Dante Pezzer or Jarese Fountain, who's played really, really well, mm-hmm. caught some huge passes throughout this preseason. So I'm still looking at that wide receiver six spot. Um, and, you know, I want to see a little bit more from the front four guys. I want to see a little bit more from Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter, who have been getting close to getting those sacks. Uh, I think Zach Pickens already got his, but Gervon Dexter came just short of one last yes, week. Pickens I wanna, got one in week P- one. Pickens got one in week one, and Gervon Dexter got into the backfield, wasn't able to wrap up. Uh, I believe it was Sam Ellinger on the play. Uh, I want to see those two guys perform. I'm confident in the secondary. I don't need to see anything from them. Um, but it's really coming down to whether the starters play or not and what you can take away from that because we've only seen two drives of action from the starting offense, and they were you know, screen passes that went you know, 60 yards. You didn't really get to see a lot of Justin Fields in the pocket, fully protected, um, you know, with the guys down the field like DJ Moore and Donna Mooney and, and Chase Claypool. So that's what I'm looking out for. Um, clean football. I don't care if they win or not. All of that doesn't matter to me, of course, in preseason, you know, game three, although I know Matt Eberflus will say that it matters. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Any other specific names for you that you're uh, keeping your eye on on Saturday? Well, Tyson Baggin, obviously. No. <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, uh, QB, Terry Lewis, I, I mean, is one just because that edge spot is still up for grabs uh, for the most part. 
Bayless Jones Jr., of course, is somebody that is everyone's going to have eyes on because he's so polarizing in the Bears community. Uh, but, I mean, those are the big two. And other than that, I mean, just these guys who hang on, some of the secondary guys, uh, I'm interested to see who who your backup corners end up being. But other than that, I'll trust Poles and Eberflus and their evaluations of these guys. So I want to say something about Terrell Lewis that I feel like this happens every camp, and it's a really, really unfortunate thing. There's always one guy like a Terrell Lewis who plays really, really well, earns everything, right? Get do, Does his job, comes into practice the, uh, every day. The Tanner Gentry. No. Uh, the, so, Tanner, the Tanner Gentry uh, annual award for preseason standout who does nothing. So that that would be this year Tyson Badgett, though, right? Are we declaring that him winner of the award? Uh, Come on. Nothing does nothing, but, I mean, that no, guy, he's the training camp because, hero. Because, Yes. Okay. Yes. The the Tanner Gentry we'll call it the Tanner Gentry annual training camp hero award, yes. which is yes, that is Tyson Badgen for sure. Goes yes. Tyson Badgen, but just like this happens every year, where there's a guy like Terrell Lewis who you know wasn't expected to make the roster, fights his works his fucking ass off. Yep. Part of my friend, you know, just do, does it all and is so rewarding of a roster spot and doesn't get it, and it's just really unfortunate to see that. Like I understand it's a business, but like when you talk to that guy afterwards, and you ask that guy what more could he have done, and it's like nothing. Like there's nothing more that guy could do to make the roster, and it's just somehow the way things shake out with the signing of Yannick Ngakwe and just, you know, maybe veteran priority and Travis Skipson because he's been here and things like that. And, like, if that were to be the reality in a couple weeks when the 53 is released, uh, it's unfortunate. And that guy deserves a roster spot, and I hope he gets one. But I'm fearful that in this business, the way this works, sometimes you do everything you can, and it's just there's other factors in play. And I hope that doesn't happen for Terrell Lewis. I hope he finds a spot on this team or in the NFL. Uh, He is more than deserving of it, and... I just shout it to him, man. I mean, that guy. I that mean, he also has the pedigree of one time being a third round pick. So, like, that helps. Right. What year well. was he a third round pick? 2020. 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, who would he even be competing? Like, Travis Gibson, who's done nothing, really? Yeah, Travis has played fine in the preseason. Right, but, fine. But, but, like, compared to Terrell Lewis, who is flash, like, because yeah. both those guys were not Ryan Poles guys. So, theoretically, they should be on the same standing ground, and it should just come down to who's played better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm with At the you. end of the day, I'm with you. So let's see. Uh, Kevin Fishbane and Adam Johns did their roster projections uh, for the Athletic, and they have for defensive end. They still have so on locks for the roster at defensive end right now. They have Demarcus Walker, Yannick Ngakwe, obviously Dominique Robinson, obviously as he was a pulse pick, and then on the bubble still, Rasheem Green, Travis Gibson, Terrell Lewis. Okay. So they still see this as like, all right, last chance for one of these guys to take that spot. So, yeah, this is a huge, huge day for Terrell Lewis, and it's probably a huge, huge day for Travis Gibson. Again, you talk about not having ties to the org- not having ties to this regime. Uh, they have no ties to Travis Gibson. He's played well. I think they do like him in that room. But, you know, free- Rasheem Green was a free agent pickup. You would probably prioritize the free agent pickup over a guy who wasn't drafted by right. you. You know, things like that. <laughs> Correct. It'll just be interesting to to monitor. Give me a bold prediction if, if you would like. <sighs> bold prediction. It's so hard for the f- final preseason game. Yeah, Therese Fountain um, catches a huge pass. Right. Like, is it that bold to say that Tyreek Stevenson finally gets a pick? Because he's come real close. Okay. Bo- like, in both weeks. Like, I feel like that's not that bold, though, because he has been close. Uh... You know what? I'm going to say that uh, it feels so like uh, pandering to say a Tyson. Yeah, you're so lame for that. Be better. 
Like, like say like Nathan Peterman throws three ugh, touchdowns. God, I will never praise Nathan Peterman. Gross. Um, I will say that Tyreek Stevenson gets his first pick and it's a pick six. There, how about that? Okay, that bold enough. I feel like we defer to pick sixes a lot on Bayless the Jones Jr. kick return touchdown. Yeah, don't do that. That that's Why? that that's like the low hanging fruit. Like that 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 is well, like I mean, how how bold am I gonna get in preseason week three, Kevin? I'm 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 let me go down the bottom of the depth chart oh here. Oh my god. This cause when this happens, it's gonna be a clip and it's gonna be so good okay. and, I'm, and I'm gonna go viral. Um let's go let's go to the most uh unknown name on the roster. Let's go to uh, Joe Reed, mm, wide receiver Joe Reed. Right. He's going to catch sure. a 42-yard touchdown from Nathan Peterman on Saturday. <laughs> He's going to torch the defensive uh, player in man-to-man on a nice little out-and-up uh, and he's going to catch that ball on a back shoulder in the corner of the end of zone, uh, to win the game as the clock hits zero. So, obviously, this is going to happen, course, and when right. it does happen, you better remember this moment, Joe Reed, low-key the GOAT. Got it. All right. Well, I've, I've there, seen the future. There's Wait, that. I have one more thing before we end. Okay. Just a huge shout out. Like, this made me really happy to see on Twitter yesterday. Tariq Cohen's back. Um, is, uh, really? he's, yeah, he's he's back and working out four teams. His agent, oh. Drew Rosenhaus, said he's fully healthy. Of course, he missed 2021 with the ACL injury. Had a lot of really bad personal things. If yes. you read his, uh, his story in the Players' Tribune. Which if you haven't, go read it. Yeah, that. go read it. Really, really well written and just uh, a lot of insight into why he you know, wasn't able to play last year and still recovering from the ACL. I really, really hope that guy gets another chance. There's people out there who say, you know, it's a feel-good story if you were to come back to the Bears. I just don't think it's possible with their given, uh, you know, running back room. But they do need a kick returner. So if he's fully healthy, I don't know, maybe a three-coin reunion. But he deserves a chance. With like, there is a team out there that should give Tariq Cohen a shot. He deserves a chance to prove it. That guy was so electric before he got injured. Uh, just a really good guy and a really good player. And I hope he, uh, I hope he gets back in the league. Yeah, and apparently, uh, on his Twitch stream last night. There were comments from like whoever was watching saying, Oh, like, will you go back to Chicago? And he said, Hey, Chicago don't want me, man. I'm just going I'm not I'm just going to hint that that's going to be the hint. The hint is that Chicago don't want me. They let me go. They let me go in my ugly stage. You but know that when you're was... growing up, that's your ugly stage. Let me go in my ugly man. Broke my heart, hurt my feelings. I just bought a house, just bought a house, and I got cut, sniped. That was to I know what you're gonna say like different regime different regime but different. they also paid him the contract they gave him a contract extension imagine he doesn't get that contract extension he got that contract extension months before he tore his ACL right like I'm they, sure maybe they did wrong by him by cutting him at, sure but like he got paid he got his he got his money and in this yeah. age of I, running backs I mean if if uh, Ryan Poles causes. You know, and I'm sure that's like an emotional, you know, touchy subject for him as he's trying to come back. But yeah, I mean, absolutely good for him. That's awesome. Uh, if he's able to come back to the NFL, that'd be really, really cool. So good for him, uh, whether it's with the Bears or anywhere else. So uh, good for Tariq Cohen. All right, Kevin, the next time that you and I talk, the preseason will be over and we'll be firmly into regular season preparations. Ooh. And as such, we will be doing our regular season 
schedule breakdown. We will go game by game, break down all 17 games on the Bears schedule. We'll yell at each other. We'll get angry with each other. It's going to be great. If you've seen any of our past schedule breakdowns, they always get really interesting, really fun, really fired up. So next week is going to be that. Our Bears official regular season preview starts next week. So make sure you're there for that. It will be on Wednesday, and we're going to break it all down for all you guys. So be sure to follow us at Bears Nation Podcast wherever you are on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, slash X, YouTube, Twitch. We'll be here. We're going to break it all down. We hope to see you guys there. So for myself, for Kevin, until then, bear down. Bear down.